I'm Dr. Nathan, and this is Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. In the last few years, I have been forced, in some good ways and some bad ways, to make changes to the operation of my clinic. Some because of the changing world, and some because I have grown to a brick-and-mortar clinic, and some because of the changing dynamics of the relationship between animals and people. Today, we will talk about one of those changes. I'm going to discuss them as I would with a vet student walking them through the process, because it's a talk I have. But then at the end, I'm going to talk about it more from a client's perspective. Perhaps the biggest and most controversial change I have made in my clinic is not letting clients with their animals during my exams. For 10 years, I pretty much did exams and often a lot of work on the animal in front of the client. With my farm calls, the owner was often holding the animal for me. I did relief work at multiple veterinary clinics, and I completed exams and basic blood draws in the room and, in general, only took the animal back for more invasive procedures, even if they were still outpatient procedures. That just seemed to be how it was done, and I didn't question it. However, COVID changed things. I was forced to do curbside where we took the animal in the clinic and then I came out and stood six feet away from the owners when discussing our plans while they were sitting in their cars. This was really hard on the owners who want to invade personal space or touch you when you are talking to them, but a blessing for an introvert like me who only makes eye contact with people out of respect that that's what most people consider normal when having a conversation. While the walking back and forth ate up a lot of my time, I began to notice a few things. Good things. First, my exams went better, and I started catching more problems with the animals. As vets, we are used to talking to people. People like talking, especially about their animals. They sometimes won't stop talking about their animals. In vet school, they told me if I need to take time to think and figure out what the hell was wrong with the animal to to just put my stethoscope in my ears and listen to the animal. Except you weren't listening to the animal. You were using the time the client supposedly was standing in stunned silence and awe that you can use a stethoscope to think of the answer to the problem at hand. Well, guess what, professors? Clients don't stop talking. They want to tell you about their pet and all about the remedies they have used to try to fix the current malady of their pet. People are used to immediate answers. They don't understand that as vets, when we put a stethoscope on an animal, we are listening to hear its heart rate, its rhythm, uh, checking for abnormal blood flows. We're also listening to the lungs, and that takes time and quiet to hear. And sometimes we put the stethoscope on the animal to just take time to think through the situation. When they interrupt us to tell us that their other dog licked this dog's ear five months ago and they think it is clinically relevant, we sometimes miss the heart murmur in this animal. So yeah, I started realizing I was catching more on the exams. And I was able to put the history together with the exam findings and come up with a plan before talking to the client instead of doing it on the fly. I'll admit, I have years of experience that also helped me to come to this level of performance. But it also was a great time to educate. 
I have a lot of veterinary students, and this was the time I would quiz them and work them through the case so that when I go to the exam room, they are ready to present the case to the client. This uninterrupted time seemed to streamline my thoughts. The other thing taking the animals away from the client did was the animals behaved better. It did not eliminate aggression and fear, but it reduced it. I think this is the most controversial thing I noticed, and I think there are multiple factors at my clinic. First, I have a wonderful staff who are much more interactive with the animals than I. They get loved on and treats, and until the needles come out, the pet generally has a fun experience. Second, my clinic has a lot of floor space. The animals don't feel crowded and is generally quieter than other clinics. We utilize our space to keep animals apart from strange animals. Also, for dogs, we have a window and a dog holder. We dropped an eye bolt in the wall and put a carbiner on it. We simply put our leashes on that and it holds the dogs for us while we get vaccines and sometimes while we do the exams. Sometimes the dog just stands there while we do the exam. Now I strictly forbid peanut butter and cheese on the walls for dogs to lick because I don't want my walls messed up. But the window often has birds and squirrels outside it. And we've noticed sometimes the dogs are so intent watching the animals outside that they barely notice the shots we give. My staff and I also think the dogs are less aggressive. On the first point, we think taking them away from their owners makes them feel like they don't have to protect anyone. Also, my clients are nervous at the vet's office, either because they don't like needles themselves or because they are concerned for what diagnosis their pet will receive. When the dog is removed from this nervous owner, we feel the dog doesn't sense that nervousness and relaxes more to their normal state. Is this to say that this is a perfect system? No. We have had owners come back to hold their dogs and done special things for aggressive animals. Generally, first we have the owner put a muzzle on, and if we still can't handle the animal, we call the owner for assistance. But while I don't have hard data, I'm seeing more patients in calling the owner less than I did before. I walk into the room and have had dozens of owners tell me, I guess I'm going to have to come back. You'll never get that cat back in the carrier. Or, I'll have to come hold the dog so you can do your work. And I respond, uh, what do you mean? The cat's in the carrier. He went in fine. He actually wanted to go in. And I've already completed the work on your dog. I'm just here to tell you we're done. The owners are stunned. While all of the above helps, one other thing that helps is that my staff knows how to hold an animal. The frustration and annoying repetitiveness of explaining to owners how to properly hold their animal is like an itch that cannot be scratched. My trained staff knows how to hold an animal. My trained staff does not fling their arms in fear if Fluffy flinches. My trained staff doesn't interrupt me when I'm listening with my stethoscope. Most owners don't know how to and can't restrain their animal well. They aren't used to disciplining their animals or controlling them. The animals more do what they want. Firm, calm, trained people help us get a blood draw done quickly before the animal has time to get afraid. My staff also knows warning signs of when a muzzle might be needed. In the back, the animal isn't associating pain with the owner. All this has combined to make me a happy vet and the animals happier. 
I do have owners complain about being separated from their animals, but I honestly just don't understand this. Most animals are a room apart from the owner and only gone for 15 to 30 minutes for appointments. I always want to tell these people, and I haven't yet, do you shower? My average shower in the evening is 10 to 15 minutes. I think a lot of people may be 20 to 30 minutes. I may be wrong, but I'm assuming your dog is not in the shower with you. So when clients seem distraught from being separate from their dog, I'm just confused. Do you not go to work? Do you not shower? Do you not go to the grocery store? I'm sure there's an emotional difference I'm not comprehending, but from straight time differences, I just believe that owners and pets can be separated for exam times. And related to the owners, the last thing, and this may be the best, the owners are more focused without their animal in the room. I was amazed at how much more productive conversations I had with clients when they weren't staring at their pet. When, while I was talking, the dog was making my words hard to hear because of the constant barking or distracting the client by pooping in the exam room or jumping upon the owner when I was asking them if they wanted to biopsy the tumor. I felt clients were doing more for their pets when they could focus on the medicine I was telling them versus being distracted by their animal. I'm like, wow, I'm practicing medicine. To me, that was spectacular. After that, I didn't go back. That was the rule in my clinic. I designed my clinic with the plan that owners would be with their animals the whole time. But why did I change this? Because the clients couldn't handle being with their animals. They couldn't focus. They couldn't handle watching needles. They couldn't handle their animal being restrained. With my new protocols, the animals were acting less aggressive, which helped keep us safe. The procedures were getting completed more quickly and the clients were able to focus and make better veterinary decisions. If I would have known this a year or so earlier, I would have designed my clinic floor plan differently. But, oh well. Sure, I have people who complain about not being with their pet. I've had a few people walk out of the clinic on me. I had one lady, when my assistant tried to take the dog to the back for an ultrasound, refuse. We were confused, so I went in to talk to her. At that time, we were in active construction and told her we didn't want her in a construction zone either. It was nothing serious, but we didn't want her leaning on the wet paint on the way back to the ultrasound room. When I talked with her, I explained the above and she said, Well, I know my dog, and it will do better with me. Well, ma'am, you've been here multiple times before, and the dog and you have had no problem with our policies in the past. I know, Doc. I was wrong back then. My dog is calm with me. Okay, but I'm looking at your dog in your arms now, and he's shivering and cowering, showing multiple signs of fear. I don't know that it would be any worse without you there. So I was confused and straight up asked, Are you worried we will beat your dog? She said no. And I've asked that of other people, too. And I tell them, if you don't trust us to work your dog you should go to another vet. So I continued my questioning with this client. So if you aren't worried about us beating your dog, and your dog is already nervous, what do you want? Well, I want to see the results of the exam. Oh, completely understandable, I said, finally comprehending the issue. I thought. I actually will take a video of the ultrasound and come in and show you. No! 
I'm, I'm sorry. No, I want to be able to ask you questions during the exam. She left. But what she wanted was to distract me. Remember my stethoscope conversation? How people talk and I can't focus on my exam? She wanted to interrupt me while I was looking for a problem and ask her questions while I worked. I was just befuddled. So yeah, I've had other people decide not to let me treat their animals too because they couldn't be with them. But I find that this system works for my staff and I, so we stick with it. Inevitably, it comes up there is a study that says animals do better with their owners. I've included a link to this study in my notes on the Patreon. I don't disagree with the study, but I have questions about it. The study only went into a basic exam, i.e., in my mind, basic exams palpating or petting an animal, and petting usually does not cause problems. Most dogs are curious and just wonder why someone is playing with them. And the study admits it didn't go into blood draws or anything invasive. So it's not that I disagree with that study, but I feel we need more than one to call it law. And we have to remember, everyone works a little differently. What worked for those vets and clients and patients may not work for me. Those pets may all have come from a different background. Remember, I'm an outdoor vet. I have urban and rural clients. I have farm dogs and I have pets that are thought of as children. There's a lot to consider. Separating clients and staff is also easier to get staff relaxed which leads to relaxed pets when clients aren't hovering and judging. My staff is used to me judging them. So anyway, that's what I go through with my vet students. I think as a client, you get it too. It's not rocket science. But as a client, I think you have to have perspective on what you want from your vet. I'm not mad if someone wants to be with their animal the entire time. But I am mad if you come into my clinic and demand I practice this way. It undermines trust between you and I, and I need you to trust me to make an environment to care for your pet. Sure, trust is earned, but if you come in and don't like the experience and see your animal and yourself just didn't work out like that, you can go find another clinic. But don't walk out causing a scene and prevent us from doing the work you scheduled. Just evaluate after the appointment if anything really went wrong, and if you think that things weren't handled well, Schedule at a different vet next time. It's really not a big deal. As for the vets out there, I feel that the trends in vet medicine are leaning towards open floor medicine and clients being with their pet every second. And in a perfect world, I would have this. I invested a lot of money to make this possible. But I think you need to evaluate your clientele and your own comfort levels and how you practice. This episode for vets is to say not everyone is finding this togetherness trend is working. So it's okay to say it doesn't work for you. Realize that you have to find the flow of how you can make the best decisions for the animals. Don't knock working with the animal in front of the client until you've tried it for a while, but also don't be afraid to take the animal to the back. You are trying to find a way to function so you can best make a diagnosis and a plan and explain that to the client so they can decide on a treatment plan. For clients, this episode is to tell you why we make these decisions, mainly for the benefit of your animal, even if it's at the expense of your emotions. Clients, please consider all of this when you make decisions on where to take your pet before you make a scene at the vet's office. 
It's not wrong to want to be with your animal, but they told me in vet school I could survive two weeks of anything. Our rotations were two weeks. So you can survive 20 minutes separated from your animal. I hope this helps you understand why vet clinics are set up with their specific operational flow, especially after the pandemic, and that this information helps vets practice how it's good for them and will help clients find the vets with the right fit for them. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. I hope our discussions are valuable to you and aid in giving perspective. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud. If you find this information helpful and want more content, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash theveterinarypodcast. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theveterinarypodcast. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. If you do find it helpful, please like it, share it, so other people may find it helpful as well.